Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama. Everybody who's watching us, oh my gosh, on a Tuesday. Yes, it is the second day of the year. The sun did come up. We are still rocking and rolling on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. You guys can follow us at Joe Gaither 6 for all your social media needs. Comment, questions, send me all your queries and complaints right there to Joe Gaither 6 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, wherever that you like to use social media. You can always find the show at Bama Central at uh, YouTube, at Spotify, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon as well. We're going to hopefully have a lot of fun. Is there any way to have any fun after what we experienced last night? Oh my gosh, what a brutal, brutal result. The Alabama Crimson Tide losing 27 to 20. And as always, you are more than welcome to come comment on the show we'll put them up on uh, on the audio side on the visual side uh if you comment on the show on facebook twitter youtube whatever you want however you want to interact with the joe gaither show we are very very happy let's have a little let's have a cathartic episode huh Let's figure out what the hell happened last night in Pasadena, California. Obviously, you guys aren't living under a rock. Alabama and Texas both losing in the college football playoff semifinals. And I was just out at the Mount Moore Center uh, watching the players come back from uh, California. They all had the sad look on their face, as can be expected. Absolutely. Uh, I'm putting up that video right now on my own Twitter as it is loading. Uh, so that should be popping up here pretty soon, watching those guys after they got off the bus uh but just uh tough stuff man tough stuff man okay so if you went back to uh any part of the show in the last couple of weeks you'd heard me talk about how i felt like michigan was kind of good and i felt like it was hard to read michigan because of the quarterback play and offensive play uh that they went up against this year now that still remains true they didn't play a whole lot of professional quarterbacks. They didn't play a ton of professional wide receivers, even though Marvin Harrison Jr. is definitely the number one wide receiver coming out of the draft. They played him, but they didn't play a whole lot of elite skill players, elite skill receivers, elite quarterbacks. And did that really change uh, yesterday? I guess, uh, you know, maybe we have to be honest with ourselves and say that it did not really inherently change yesterday. I know that a lot of the Alabama fans love ourselves some Isaiah Bond, love ourselves some Jermaine Burton, and really, uh, you know, we, we like Kobe Prentice, we like Kamari Nyblack, we like Justice, uh, we like Jace McClellan. We've all fallen in love with Jalen Milrow with what he has been this season as far as uh, how quality his character has been. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if the, the Michigan uh, had to face an inherently challenging test from a skill position standpoint. Now, here's the deal with Michigan last night. They beat Alabama 27-20 in the Rose Bowl. And look, it was an epic game. It was an epic game. And everybody, there are lots of things to talk about from this game. So I'm just going to riff for a while. I do have some notes, but if this is a little incoherent or if we bounce from topic to topic to topic, I apologize. We're going to do our best to cover the game and we may not, and we may not get to it all today uh, on a Tuesday. Look, uh, let's get, let's get this out of the way. Michigan was more out. Michigan 
out-physicaled Alabama yesterday in Pasadena. They were more physical up front uh, offensively and defensively, I thought. Uh, Definitely defensively. Offensively, maybe a little bit of a wash there, but definitely defensively. Sacking Jalen Milrow six times. And, like, a lot of people want to – you're you're seeing a lot of social media moves. You're seeing a lot of uh, posts about Jalen Milrow's passing yards and how few he had. What was it, 116? Is that what I have for my total? Yeah, 16 of 23 for 116 passing yards. And you're seeing a lot of people throw up that 116 right next to Brock Glenn's, uh, the, the Florida State third string quarterback, right next to Brock Glenn's passing output. Um, I don't know that that's inherently fair. Let's just say this. Michigan's defensive line devoured, swallowed, engulfed the Alabama offensive line. The Alabama offensive line looked like it had looked in the first three weeks of the season, really in the first six weeks of the season. The problems that Alabama dealt with throughout the year reared their ugly head yesterday in Pasadena. And it's just as simple as that. The offensive line didn't really protect Jalen Milrow, and because of that, the clock is moving so much faster. And was he able to find wide-open receivers? Absolutely not. Were the receivers able to break open? No, absolutely not. I know a lot of uh, attention went to Burton and Bond and went to the receivers. Let's see. None of the receivers uh, (laughs) had a good game at all. Uh, Burton with four catches, uh, Bond with four catches, uh, C.J. Dupree, McClellan with two, and then one each for Kobe. Prentice, Amari Nyblack, Jam Miller, and Kendrick Law. The passing game was basically a non-factor, and it was all due to, uh, I think, the Michigan front seven. The Michigan front seven was all over Alabama's rear end all day long. Let's see. You ended up with uh, two sacks for uh, for, for, for uh, Braden McGregor. You ended up with a sack for, uh, for Derek Moore, a sack for Chris Jenkins. You had a sack for Mason Graham. Uh, you ended up with two tackles for loss for Josiah Stewart. We'll get to him in just a bit. He had uh, Michael Barrett as well. Look, they were all over the place and not even, I mean, Junior Colson uh, didn't get a tackle for a loss or a sack, but he was all over the place for 10, for 10 tackles as well. And, and Michigan's defense was the best defense that Alabama has played all year long. Easily. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to Texas because Texas was a real good defense. Yes, they were. And Georgia, they were a pretty good defense as well. But really, the best defense that Alabama played all year long was Michigan. Um, and I guess it took a little bit of time for that to reflect itself in the game. You look in the game, look, Alabama, or you see Michigan goes three and out. They, they punt. Alabama goes, what, three and out. They punt. And then Michigan muffs their next punt. And Alabama takes, a, t- takes advantage of a short field. Outside of your short field, what did Alabama really do offensively? I mean, okay, Justice Haynes ran the ball pretty well. Jace McClellan ran the ball pretty well. I think that Jace McClellan really underrated Nick Saban running back. Is he going to go down in history as the best? Absolutely not. He probably won't even be top five. But underrated Nick Saban running back. Uh, broke off uh, broke off a nice, what, 33, 38-yard touchdown run, uh, juking out the safety. And from there, I thought, probably you thought as well, that Alabama was going to start rolling. Alabama was going to start rolling because they had gotten after J.J. McCarthy a couple of times. Uh, they had shut down Blake Corum's run a couple of times early in the game and then uh, pretty much cut through Michigan like a hot knife through butter. But from there, at 7 nothing. You basically uh, you basically put on one of the best one of the best college football playoff games you've ever seen. Now a lot of people want to point back to you know, oh it was too defensive. I'm sure it wasn't the Oklahoma Georgia Rose Bowl from what 2019. It wasn't that or 2017 uh, where it was back and forth 50 something to 48. It, it was crazy, but it was an overtime game 
that felt like a heavyweight boxing affair. That felt like a fight. That felt like, goodness gracious, at any second, whoever's about to make a mistake, uh, whoever's about to make a, make a mistake, it's really going to cost them. Uh, and it ended up costing Alabama mm, r- really – I mean, it's it's difficult for me to dissect, especially these, especially like the whys, because it kind of just happened out of nowhere. Alabama was what up 17, 13, and then they got up 20 to 13. Two massive kicks for Will Riker, both right at 50, 52 yards. Will Riker sent him out the right way. The NCAA's all-time leading scorer puts you up by seven. And then from there, what's the last? Where's my scoring drive? Okay, from there you have. Uh, Look, the biggest problem, eight, eight plays, 75 yards. Eight plays, 75 yards in the fourth quarter to in literally, what was that, in three minutes. In three minutes, Michigan scores with 90 seconds left. And from there, did that really steal Alabama's mojo? Did it really steal Alabama's soul? Kind of so. Look, major, major vibes on the uh, – in the, on the last drive from, what, the end of the game against Texas A&M, the end of the half against LSU, just little different parts in this, the end of the game against Arkansas, the end of the half against Tennessee as well. Like, the end of these halves, the end of some of these games, Alabama didn't necessarily, uh, didn't necessarily end up playing its best football. And we saw it. We saw it come back and bite Alabama against Texas. They losing by ten, basically losing the fourth quarter uh, to Texas. You, you set Texas up on the goal line they, after an interception, and they punch it in, and you never really could get anything back. Just really, really difficult to see this Alabama defense that I thought was the strong part of the defense or was the strong part of the team uh, really let Michigan back in the game. With five minutes left, you're up seven. You're up seven. You think, okay, the defense has been holding them down pretty much consistently throughout the game. Ah, man. But you gotta give you gotta give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit. Fourth and two from their own 33-yard line. JJ McCarthy passes it wide open to Blake Corum. Uh Blake Corum. And then not only that, you have a 29-yard pass to Roman Wilson right over the hands of Malachi Moore after Deontay Lawson tipped the ball. Like this was a drive where everything went right for for Michigan. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes that's just what happens in football. You want to sit here and talk about, oh, Alabama didn't deserve to be in. They showed everybody that they weren't a good team. Look, you took the number one team into overtime. You pushed them into overtime. And, yeah, you took – I mean, they've been number one pretty much all season long. Uh, I'm sorry that a seven-point game wasn't entertaining enough for you. I'm sorry that the quarterback play really wasn't good enough for you. And it wasn't. Jalen Milrow should have played better. Uh, Should have played better. Could have played better. But Michigan's defensive plan was very, very, very strong. And you got to give them a lot of credit. First things that, that that I noticed from Jesse Minter. Jesse Minter saw what all the SEC defenses did to uh, did to Alabama throughout the year and said, "We are not going to spy Jalen Milrow. We're going to rush four. We're going to rush five. We're going to rush six. And they rushed pretty consistently throughout the game. And we're not just going to rush, you know, one on one block. We're going to twist. We're going to end tackle stunts. We're going to tackle end stunts. We're going to bring linebackers from uh, from the C gap into the A gap. We're going to wrap around and run a lot of stunts. And they confused the Alabama offensive line. They didn't leave 
Junior Colson or they didn't leave, you know, they didn't leave Michael Barrett out there as a spy just to sit out in no man's land and guard nothing, guard grass like Georgia did, like Auburn did, like LSU did, like a lot of these teams did, like Ole Miss did as well. Ole Miss rushed three, dropped eight pretty much the whole game. And Jalen Milrow just death by a thousand cuts uh, for, 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 for the Alabama offense. That's not what Michigan did. Michigan, what they did, they said, we have a great front seven. We have an aggressive front seven. Uh, we don't want to let this quarterback out of the pocket to hurt us. Now, Jalen Milrow did have a decent, a couple of decent runs. What was it? What did he end up rushing for for my final total? Uh, 63 yards on 20 carries. So, I mean, he tried. He, he, he tried. So, but, but Michigan basically sent that, not sent the house, but sent the entire front most of the night, most of the night, and Seth McLaughlin and Caden Proctor really and and sorry, so, sorry, JC Latham, you're probably going to be a first round draft pick, but JC Latham, they didn't hold up. Uh, the best players for Alabama's offensive line were the two guards, Tyler Booker and uh, and Jaden Roberts. Jaden Roberts obviously standing uh, head and shoulders above everyone, not allowing a quarterback pressure, not allowing a sack. And really, Jaden Roberts, oh, you deserve so much better, especially off that final play. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But look, he just got out. He just got out. Manhandled up front. He just got manhandled up front. Jesse Minter said, "We are going to come after you. We think we are better than your offensive line." They were. Uh, we think we're better than your than your offensive line, and we will leave Bond and Burton out on the outside uh, with Saints Trill and, and the rest of them. And you're just not going to have enough time to make a play. And that's exactly kind of what happened throughout the night. And even when Jalen Milrow did have a little bit more time, I think the consistent pressure off the edge and through the middle really uh, sped his clock up immensely. And you know, I do think that he thought that Texas's defense probably was the best defense he had seen to that point. Oh, Georgia, Georgia. Uh, I really liked the, the game plan that Tommy Reese had against Georgia. Uh, just wasn't able to execute really anything offensively uh, up front, especially up front, especially for the Alabama offense. And that's why Alabama is going to be sitting at home next Monday night. Alabama sitting at home next Monday night, and it's about to be a lot of times of transition, a big transition into the offseason, and we'll see what ends up happening okay so big start uh down late but corn all right look i gotta give blake Corm a lot of credit you gotta give blake Corm a lot of credit i was uh here last week saying that i don't know how good he was whether it was a, a product of the of the michigan offensive line uh but no blake Corm is a bleeping beast blake Corm, 19 carries 83 yards and a touchdown and then he also had two receptions 35 yards and a touchdown yeah you can see that yards per carry is only like right at four and that's a little low for college the Blake Corum was an absolute stud he ran through arm tackles um was he the best running back Alabama played this year I know Quinchon Judkins wasn't quite healthy when they played when Alabama played Ole Miss uh yeah I think Blake Corum played the best running back game, we'll say that the best running back game uh, that anybody that, that Alabama faced this year out of a tailback. Uh, he was given it to Alabama late, and I thought that uh, I thought that really he was instrumental. Look, this game was about imposing its will, imposing your will over the other team, and I think that Alabama a little bit was like, okay, we're up twenty. 
We're up 20 to 13 with four minutes left. We've we, we have won the fourth quarter. Hey, at that point, Alabama was what up 10 to nothing in the fourth quarter. We have won the fourth quarter. Oh, we're we're gonna cruise to victory and we're going to Houston next week. But no, Michigan's never say die out of here. You gotta give Michigan a lot of credit. Give Jim Harbaugh, even though he's a, a weirdo, yes, he is a weirdo. You gotta give Michigan a lot of credit. Uh, no, they've overcome a lot of adversities. A lot of it is self-inflicted this year with the sign-stealing uh, scandal and with the recruiting violations uh, that's kind of gone on. But they have shut out all the noise. They shut out all the noise. They took down Big Bad Bama. Uh, they said, oh, we're 0-2 in the college football playoff. They were staring 0-3 right in the face right in the face, uh, and said, no, we're not going to die yet. We're not going down. you got to just give Michigan a lot of credit. And even does it suck that Alabama lost? Absolutely. Sure, it does. But really, come on, capsule this whole thing, this 13, 14-game season, right? 14 games, you know, 12-2. Uh, and two. I know you're seeing a lot of Georgia fans and a lot of Georgia fans. Oh, well, we're still 13-1, and one, so we had a better year than you. Just shut the bleep up, Georgia fans. Shut up, shut up. Go back and enjoy your Orange Bowl exhibition trophy and your SEC East title. Uh, we will shine, we'll polish our SEC championship ring, and uh, we'll see you all in September. How about that? Uh, but, but really, I mean, it was a good year. It was a good year for Alabama. Just came up short when you place uh, when when you played some elite competition late in the year. Two more players that I want to talk about before we keep rolling on some uh, ancillary and keep it rolling on a Tuesday. Some thoughts here about the Rose Bowl. We're hanging out on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central, BamaCentral.com. Our friends Blake Byler, Austin Hannon, and Katie Wyndham are traveling back from Pasadena. We really appreciate their coverage of the Rose Bowl that you can read online at BamaCentral.com. I want to talk about Justice Haynes a little bit because I just had a feeling all year long that Nick Saban was saving him until the right time, saving him until we needed him. Break glass in case of emergency. And that's exactly what you did uh, yesterday. But, Coach, it was working what the hell man uh i i know we trust jace mcclellan i get that and i know you trust jalen milrow i get that too but justice saints four carries four carries 31 yards come on four touches 31 yards and we're just gonna not go back to the young man uh he hasn't really taken a whole big pounding all year long he's very fresh you're only going to give him four carries? I mean, he's basically ripping off five, six yards a pop, officially 7.8 a pop. Uh, but one of them came on, what, an 11-yard run? Yeah, so so he's ripping off, and you go away from him? Oh, gosh, uh, that was a really frustrating aspect of the game for me was because I thought, hey, look, I like Tommy Reese. I think Tommy Reese had a really, really good year as the Alabama offensive coordinator. And I know that it wasn't all on Tommy Reese deciding what personnel is in and out. Uh, but I just thought that Justice Haynes, you left a pretty valuable weapon on the sidelines. And look, this goes into something that Coach Saban is uh, is a bit is a bit guilty of, has been guilty of, especially more so over the last five years than he was over the first uh, ten years. The last five years, ooh, Coach has gotten really loyal, has gotten really loyal to seniors like Chris Owens, like Seth McLaughlin, like Jason McClellan. He got really loyal uh, to guys like Damian Harris when a guy like Najee Harris is right behind you. Uh, you got really loyal to a guy like Jalen Hurts when a guy like Tua Tungabailoa is right behind you. He's been really, really loyal 
And now that I'm coming this, now that I'm speaking this out loud, I guess it was one time Jalen Moody as well, but there wasn't anybody really behind Jalen Moody that really, Josh McMillan as well, gave, gave Josh McMillan a big chance. Ah, I just got done talking about how I think that Jace, uh, Jace McClellan is an underrated Alabama running back, and I do. But Roydell Williams, where the hell? I mean, through 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 all 13 games, uh, I get it. You've made it through the 13 games. You've won, you know, your SEC champions. You're in the playoff. But now you're in the playoff facing the best defense that you've ever that you've faced all year. And it's taken you about a half or so to figure out, oh, this defense is really good. This guy's not working. That says having trouble. And you throw Justice Haynes out there. And you say, let's just see what the freshman's got. And he has some success. Now, yes, Alabama continued to move the ball a little move the football fairly okay. Move the football all right without him once they pulled it back. But dude, leave him in the game and use the hammer. If you have the hammer, you gotta use it. Justice Haynes, his explosiveness through the hole. Look, he's gonna be a guy that Alabama fans are in love with. He's gonna be the next dude at running back. He's going to probably be in the Mark Henry, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris class. Oh, the Trent Richardson class. He might get in that Eddie Lacy class. But goodness gracious, are you just going to – oh, four carries, 30 yards, we've seen enough. We're just going to go back to the senior. We're just going to go back to Jace. McC and Jace is fine. Jace was fine, absolutely. But I feel like each had a weapon. We're going to get it out. Oh, this is working well. Let's just put that back on the shelf and save it for next year. I'm sorry, Coach Saban. Look, you are infallible. You are the GOAT. You are the greatest college football coach of all time. But this little peon right here, I wasn't quite thrilled with that decision. I was hoping that we would see a little bit uh, a little bit more Justice Hayes, especially after he started to get going. Like, he was just, just starting is what it felt like. It felt like he was just revving up his engine and you pulled him off the field. All right, so circling this all bag together, Michigan's defensive line, Alabama's offensive line, the just kind of Alabama losing that battle. Why? Why did it happen? What, did, did, did Alabama just go up against a better front seven? That's part of it. Absolutely, it's part of it. Uh, was Alabama communication wise? Were they great up front? No, they were not really great up front. A lot of uh, several of the sections, JC had two guys go right at him, he didn't know which one to block. Same thing that happened with Caden Proctor. You had mismatches all over the line, you had missed assignments, missed twists, missed pass. You, you weren't passing off blocks very well. And the pocket to, to kind of put the cherry on top, the pocket was collapsing even when they were rushing four. Why? Well. Big storyline that came out of that came out of uh, the, uh, the th these three weeks that came out of these three weeks leading up to Rose Bowl prep was last week. Caden Proctor, you all know, freshman right, a uh, freshman left tackle, uh, SEC all freshman left tackle. You all know the struggles that he's had this year, the growth that he's had this year. He has had legitimate growth, but he obviously would be would be foolish to, to not acknowledge the struggles as well. Well, last week in practice, Caden Proctor tore a ligament in his foot. Yeah, we'll just let that sit right there and say it again. Caden Proctor, last week in practice, tore a ligament in his foot. 
Okay. And so with that being said, you threw, you, you sucked Elijah Pritchett back out of the transfer portal and said, hey, man, you are not going anywhere. Uh, and Elijah Pritchett got a lot of the one reps these past couple of weeks. They were rotating in and out through the week. But Caden Proctor ended up playing for Alabama. Was that a good or bad decision? Look, I am not educated enough to say. I am not Eric Wolford. I'm not educated enough to say how healthy Caden Proctor was. Jeff, that's Jeff Allen's job, the, the head trainer. If Jeff Allen signed off on him playing, then he was healthy enough to play. I am fully confident in that. Now, does that mean he was 100%? No, it doesn't. Uh, should Alabama have used Elijah Pritchett instead, used a fully healthy player instead? Maybe. Uh, but we saw Elijah Pritchett struggle as well this year. Did that have something to do with the uh, w- with the pressure that Jalen Milrow was under all night long? I would say some, certainly. I would definitely say some. Uh, but I don't want to take any credit away from the Michigan defensive line. That defensive line, that defensive front was bleeping nasty. It was the nastiest defensive front that Alabama has played all year long. Rivals, uh, Georgia and Texas are in their category, but not necessarily. I mean, uh, well, Michael Williams for Georgia, pretty scary player. But outside of that, who'd you have? Not really, not really anybody. That, and then you had a pretty nice little linebacker, edge rusher, linebacker for Texas. They had a good front interior defensive lineman. Uh, But no, Michigan's defense was incredible. Give them a lot of credit, a lot of credit. All right, so with all that being said, what 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 do we want to go to next? Because I'm I've still got like a bunch of a bunch of just jumbled up blah 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 thoughts from from this game. Let's talk about overtime. Let's talk about the fourth down play. Let's talk about uh, really where Alabama was left. And let's use some visual aids. If you are watching on YouTube, you'll start to see some screenshots, YouTube, Facebook, and or Twitter. Uh, and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or or Amazon, I will do my best to describe these things for you. Let's talk about the last play because so many people, so many people, Tommy Reese, you're an idiot. Tommy Reese, you're the worst. Tommy Reese, you should be fired. Now that comes with the territory. It comes with the territory of being the Alabama offensive coordinator. Look, anytime Bill O'Brien didn't pick up a first down, it was fire Bill O'Brien. Same thing with Pete Golding and Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, my gosh, they gave up a a first down. Let's fire them. So quick for Alabama fans to expect perfection and not get it. But Tommy Reese called a pretty good game plan-ish, considering considering what he was dealing with on the defensive side of the football, considering the lack of production that he was really getting in the pass protection game, a whole lot of nothing in the pass protection game. Uh, and really, if uh, I mean, this may surprise you, but if, as you look at the stats, Alabama outrushed Michigan 172 to 130. Uh, let's see. Let's see. My, where's my minus sack yardage? Minus sack yardage. Minus sack yardage. It's, it's uh, yeah, sack adjusted rushing yards. Yeah, sack, look, if Alabama didn't get sacked six times, 221 yards on the ground. 221 rushing yards. He only gave up 132. Now that's a lot for Alabama standpoints from the Alabama uh, from the Alabama field. But no, Michigan ran the ball pretty well. Alabama ran it better. 221 yards that Tommy Reese orchestrated in the running game with Jalen Milrow, with Jalen Milrow, Jace McClellan, and, and, and Justice Saints. Pretty much without a passing game. Pretty much without any sort of pass protection. Was Jalen Milrow at fault for some of that? Certainly. Certainly. Absolutely. They, was, could, have, could Tommy Reese have called a better quick game? Yes, he could have. Absolutely. Uh, but I think Tommy Reese had a pretty good little game plan 
for the for the evening. But really, all the focus goes down to the last play. Why do you do this? Why do you just run quarterback draw? Why do you run quarterback draw on the goal line? Oh, of course they knew quarterback run was going to come. Oh, all right. So we got several screenshots that we're going to look here, look at here on the Twitter machine. We're starting with the with kind of the wide shot, and it has a little bit of drawing on it, uh, just because it's just formational speaking. Look, Alabama is in 11 personnel, so you've got uh, – yeah, 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 11 personnel. So you got Robbie Oots playing, playing, playing uh, t- tight end. you got Jason McClellan. Yeah, is it McClellan? Yes, it's McClellan out of the backfield. Uh, and, and basically, you've got, uh, you've, got Isaiah Bond, you've got Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Law, and Jermaine Burton as your receivers. All right, so it's basically a mixture – there's a debate. First, it's not quarterback draw. We know that it's not quarterback draw because nobody pass sets. None of the, none of the, none of the uh, linemen pass set. Every single one of them fire off the ball. So we'll start right there. Every single one of them fire off the ball, as you can see in the screenshot above. No one is pass setting. Everyone's firing off the ball. The uh, Jaden Roberts is pulling from his from his le- from his right guard position, and he's leading around the left end. Uh, basically, Seth McLaughlin is one on one blocking. Proctor and Proctor and Brooker are down blocking while Proctor is moving up to the uh, is moving up to the linebacker and Dupree is trying to seal this edge. Now, from the back end, there's my back end right there. From the back end, it's blocked okay, except for two factors: Dupree on one edge and uh, J.C. Latham on the other end. Look. Let's just say that the snap was fine. And here's a screenshot of the snap being down at Jalen Milrow's ankles. The snap is down at Jalen Milrow's ankles. And this is one aspect of the game that, God, Lee, will just drive you crazy. We've seen this all year long. We've seen this 13 games. 13 games we've seen this, Coach Saban. And look, Coach, you're the greatest. We've said this before. We, you, no one's going to question your football acumen and your football IQ. You have no more football than I've ever than I will ever learn. But, Coach, what are we doing? What's Alabama doing? What's what are you doing as a coach? What is Eric Wolford, your offensive line coach, doing all season long? Look, I can understand you're getting your butt kicked up front because the other team is just bigger, stronger, faster, more aggressive. Those sorts of things happen in football games and one-on-one matchups. They do. You got to give the other man some credit. The Michigan men are on scholarship as well, and they earned it. But goodness gracious. Coach, you've talked for the last three years about mental errors, but for the last three years about unforced errors, for the last three years about penalties, about shooting yourself in the foot. But you're going to put up with all your look, look, the team was more disciplined this year. The team did not have as many pre-snap penalties this year. The team did better in the penalty category this season. They did. But goodness gracious, how in the world? Coach Saban, I love you. I respect you. I want to learn from you just as from a football standpoint and from a life standpoint. But, Coach, how can you put up with an issue that has hamstrung your offense 13 games? It's it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, It's unbelievable. And, look, Seth McLaughlin, I know he works hard. I know that Seth has had a really hard day today. And if you are, I know that Seth has turned a lot of his social medias to private. And I don't encourage anyone to get into Seth's comments unless they are positive, uplifting comments. Hey, man, roll tight. Thanks for your work. Yada, yada, yada. Keep your head up. 
Stay out of that man's comments. Look, there's nobody that feels worse about it than Seth McLaughlin. There's no, I, I'm very confident of that. But the but coach, where are we in the offensive line room when you cannot develop a, a center who can snap the bleep in football? We, we have seen the snapping issue since Middle Tennessee. Since September, what was that, 4th? September 4th, we've seen a snapping issue. We saw it against Texas. We saw we saw it against Georgia a couple of different times. We saw it against LSU a couple of different times. We saw it against Mississippi State. Look, the very first Jalen Milrow touchdown run of the season was a snap into his ankles. Rolled snap back to the backfield. Jalen picks it up. He scrambles, and he gets into the end zone against Middle Tennessee State. I remember like yesterday. It was, it was right in front of me. It was a great play. It was an amazing play. But just snap the damn ball right into his ankles. And you've been doing it all year long. And, Coach, I know that offensive line is a really, really tough position to develop. Probably the toughest position to develop on the field outside of quarterback. Maybe tougher than quarterback. You, got, you might have an argument there. But Seth, and I know Seth works hard, and I know he bleeds Alabama. I know he's given his life and his his life and his time and all kinds. He's given everything to the Crimson Tide, to this program. And I never really want to call for jobs. But, Coach, why, why did we get to this point? I know backup center is Darian Dalcourt. All right, so, like, you got to look at what, what your other options are. Backup center, Darian Dalcourt. Darian Dalcourt can't block worth of crap. Darian Dalcourt has no has no sand in his rear end. Okay, so you're not throwing Darian Dalcourt back out there. You tried all year long to replace him with TJ Ferguson and Jaden Roberts. So you're not throwing Darian Dalcourt back out there just to get his himself pushed right back into Jalen Milrow's lap. Okay, all right, all right. Well, next option is little James Brockermeyer. James Brockermeyer... Is he Seth McLaughlin light? Is he just really? I mean, Brockemeyer, he, he's uh, one of the one of the academic superstars. He's uh, academic All American, academic All SEC, and great on you. We love smart football players, but undersized, maybe undermanned along the offensive line. He ain't Tommy Brockemeyer uh, who transferred out to to TCU. All right, so you're not throwing uh, you're not throwing James Brockemeyer out there. What about TJ Ferguson? What happened to TJ Ferguson? I know TJ Ferguson played some at left and right guard this season and ultimately had an ankle injury. What was that against USF? Middleton, uh, Mississippi State, he had an ankle injury uh, third, fourth week of the season, and he missed a couple of weeks, and we never seen him again. Coach, look. I'm not going to question you as far as you see everything that happens on the practice field, and if the other four centers were just as bad, then goodness gracious, that's a huge problem. Look, the last play, it could have worked. It should have worked. The last play, you snap the ball into Jalen Milrow's ankles and you slow everything up. You junk everything up. Should the last play have worked? Would it have worked? I think so. Uh, and let's look at it. Let's look at it. All right. So back out here from the from the top, you send you send uh, you, you send the running back into motion. And there's debate. There's debate. Is this an RPO? Is this quarterback power? It's not a quarterback draw, period. I mean, if you think it's a quarterback draw, you can go ahead and hit X and get off the channel. It's not quarterback draw. Uh, you can debate either way, and I think that it's pretty fair. Uh, you look through here and you say, all right, you see the option here. You see the run past option, but you also see it designed as uh, quarterback power. What would it have looked like if the snap had been right to Jalen Milrow's belly button, right to his sternum? Would he have turned and dumped it to Roydell Williams? I don't think so. 
I think Jalen was going to take that ball the entire time. I think Jalen was going to win or lose with the ball in his hands uh, the entire time. But let's say the snap isn't fair. Let's say the snap is right. The snap's right into his sternum, nice and soft, easy catch. He it, Let's say I want to pass it to the running back. You have Kendrick Law on the bottom. You have Isaiah Bond in the slot. Your two best blocking wide receivers, both of them, have the defensive backs out-leveraged. Out-leveraged. Now, you can argue, and absolutely, it is up for discussion. Maybe the defensive backs whip their man on the block. And they, they absolutely might. But as far as a leverage standpoint, they are out-leveraged. They are blocked. The man-to-man? Who's guarding, uh, who's guarding the running back out of the backfield, is behind the running back already because of miscommunication to both inside linebackers right prior to snap, look at each other, then one goes out for the go, goes out to cover Roydell Williams. So he's already two steps, three steps behind Roydell Williams. And then additionally, let's say you throw it out to him. I couldn't tell if it's Williams or McClellan right here. Uh, just based off this screenshot, let me look at something else real quick. Uh, let me see my man. Uh, let me see, see my man. Uh, one of my tweets that I put up to see who, who it was. Yeah, it's Roy Dell Williams. It's five. It's five. It's not. It, it, it's not two. Uh, so yeah, okay. He's got to come through all the trash. The the inside linebacker who's guarding Roy Dell Williams. You got to come through all the trash. You got to fight over the top, and basically, it's Roy Dell Williams at the pylon with his uh w- with his inside linebacker. Do you like your odds there? I do. All right, so what's it's not? Let's say the pass is all window dressing. It's all window dressing. It's supposed to be run all the way. It's supposed to be quarterback power all the way. There's no, it, it was called RPO, but we've told you, Jalen Milrow, we're taking out the, P, the, the, the PO. It is a run. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a run. All right, so let's see it. All right, the snap is low. We, we've already discussed the snap. Terrible, awful, 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 awful. And then you look at the blocking. Michigan, as we've talked about it from the very, uh, at the very beginning, the best front seven Alabama's faced this season. The best front seven Alabama's faced this season, and they whipped Alabama's ass on the biggest play of the year. Seriously. No, I mean, it is what it is. It, it just is what it is. You look at the you look at Josiah Stewart, Josiah Stewart off the top side, number five. Uh, that's the right-hand side if you're watching us on the screen. Josiah Stewart comes in and basically blows J.C. Latham up. J.C. Latham, your first-round offensive tackle, your 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 first-round offensive tackle who calls himself the Trench King, is too high. He hinges. He's too high. He gets blown up right into uh, right into Jalen Milrow. Right into Jalen Milrow, and you see our man uh, Jaden Roberts coming around from the right guard to the le- uh, to the left side. He's coming free. He's going to road grade and clear the hole. But what's the big problem? CJ Dupree on the left side is getting his butt eaten up as well. So you got both ends eaten up, pinching hard, eating up both the ends. And look at this next play. Look at this screenshot right there. Right there is what I have. You don't have a Michigan man making the tackle on Jalen Milrow. You have Jalen Milrow stepping on the back of J.C. Latham. Stepping on the back of J.C. Latham and falling. Why? Because he's getting his butt blown up. This is your best offensive lineman. This is the offensive lineman that you sent to SEC Media Days. This is your, oh, it wasn't named a permanent team captain, but this is is one of your leaders of your team. He goes up once a week and talks to the media. J.C., where were you? Biggest play of the game. Biggest play of the game. And your butt is getting blown back. Four yards in the backfield, and you are tripping up Jalen Milrow. 
Yeah, just unbelievable. Unbelievable execution from the offensive line. The offensive line got, look, you've got one play. It's fourth and goal. It's an untimed down. That's what I don't understand. It's an untimed down. It's fourth and goal. So you know there's nothing left. You know if you don't get in the end zone, it's over. There's nothing left, and that is the effort that you receive. Look at this from the back end. J.C. Latham is three yards in the backfield, getting blown up, getting blown up. Uh, just uh, just really, really discouraging to see from the Alabama. And so what? Does Jalen Milrow have a lane right here? Sure, he does. If J if JC the right hand on the right hand side, 65 on the right side, is not getting pushed back into him. Goodness gracious, it's just it's flabbergasting. It's flabbergasting. And, and you want to give Josiah Stewart uh, a lot of credit because that is a hero play. That is a I am winning this game for Michigan. I know you're the tackle, you're the number one, you're probably gonna be a first-round draft pick. I am about to whip your butt and tackle your quarterback. All the Michigan players said after the game, we all thought Jalen Miller is going to run the ball. We all thought Jalen Milrow was going to, going to have a quarterback run. We all thought he was going to end the game with the ball in his hands. So, all right, it's fine. They know it's coming. They know it's coming, and that's fine. I thought it was a good play call. It's a good play call because if it's executed right, if J.C. doesn't get blown up three yards in the backfield, let's say he just stalemates. Stalemate. A stalemate would give this right hand, this left hand action, you go, you come right at the middle a little bit, and then you follow your man Jaden Roberts right around the left hand side, and you walk into the end zone. You walk into the end zone. It's 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 wide open. Uh, here's another good good angle right here. If you're looking at it on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you're looking at it, you're looking at it. Yes, you see number zero, the Michigan defensive line. He has outrun the play. He has overrun Jalen Miller. He's too deep in the backfield. But why does he get in on the tackle? Because Jalen Miller is getting bumped by his own tackle on the other side. It's flabbergasted. And, and Dupree is getting whipped as well. I, I wish I had the, the, the Michigan number who's whipping Dupree as well on the left side. You can see it pretty well uh, in, in the screenshot I just put up. Dupree uh, is getting whipped as well. And honestly, it's interior holding. It's not going to get called because it's the last play of the game. But he has his Michigan man wrapped up. Ay, ay, ay. Was it a good play call? I think it's a good play call. I think Tommy Reese is a really good play caller. Was it RPO? Was it quarterback power? I think that it's a bit of both. I think I, I, I think it was I think it was called for the RPO, but I think they got in the huddle. You know, they called timeout twice. Uh, Michigan first, then Alabama next. I think once they got in the huddle, they said, "This is what we're running." Yes, it's an RPO look, but we're going to run a down ball. Jaden Roberts coming around the edge and uh, and cleared the way for Jalen Milrow. You got your best. Uh, honestly, sorry, Tyler Booker. I do think Jaden Roberts is your best offensive lineman. He had his best game. He's played as well as anyone has since he came in. Uh, I guess that was the Texas A&M game, middle of the year. Just really, really disappointing. Really disappointing to have that be the end of the year for Alabama. Why? Because of everything that you heard in the summer. The offensive line, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good guys, and they're some fun guys to talk to, and you you pull for them, you know, because you get to know people. Goodness gracious, I talked a lot of mess about reestablishing the Bama factor, winning the line of scrimmage, establishing their will. I talked a lot of mess to get their butt kicks in for in the fourth quarter and in overtime. I mean, Michigan said, we know you're running the ball, and we don't care if you have us out leveraged. We're just going to whip your butt up front. And that's exactly what they did. JC got whipped up front. Whipped. 
and you think that's your best player. And okay, if you can't count on your best player, if you can't count on your best player in the best moment, in the biggest moment, in the in the moment to win or lose the game. I mean, you can talk about Jalen Milrow being your best player. You can talk about Tyler Booker. It doesn't matter. Pick whoever your best player is, whether it's the right tackle who's going to get drafted in the first round. If he can't win on a pivotal play, then I'm sorry, Alabama. Maybe we don't. Maybe you don't deserve to win uh, the, the the college football semifinal. And thus, Michigan wins. Michigan wins. Congratulations! You send them off. They're going to Houston, and it's heartbreak for Alabama. Heartbreak. You flip, uh, and that's kind of. Uh, it is what it is. The sun came up the next day. The, the players came back and played. Uh, the, the players flew back today. You can see some of our my video right there on Twitter. Let me see if it's loaded. It should have loaded by now. Maybe it didn't. Uh, but on Twitter, you can see my video from the players uh, returning to the Malmore Center about uh, – uh, oh, look, and this is why I waited. This is why I waited to do my show later in the day. Your first transfer portal E. This is why I wanted to do the show early, but I thought you better wait because you're going to get some transfer portal news. The first transfer portal news from Alabama comes in the form of Shaz Preston. Shaz Preston enters the transfer portal. Uh, going, uh, He's going to have three years left of eligibility. He's in the 2022 recruiting class, wide receiver, hasn't really played here at the capstone. And, yeah, Alabama, you've got five days to figure out the, uh, the transfer portal, to figure out what you're going to do, to figure out – yeah, who's staying, who's going, what's going to happen. Shaz Preston becomes the next Alabama. Now you've got six Alabama guys in the portal. Two of them or three of them have homes already. Uh, Shaz Preston, we wish you good luck. And uh, sayonara, young man. We'll see what ends up happening. But Alabama's going to have to have some guys leave in the next couple of days. You're going to have to have some guys leave in the transfer portal to get under the 85 scholarship limit. Uh, you're at 92, I think is right now. You're in the 90s. You're in the you're, you're in the low 90s. You're going to have to have some guys leave. You're going to see some guys declare for the NFL draft. You already saw that. Last night, Dallas Turner declared for the NFL draft within seconds. Now, I think some people are making too much of his comments. Yeah, I'm gone. Ain't no ifs, or if, ands, or buts about it. I'm gone. But Dallas Turner, I mean – you got to be pissed. You're five minutes after the game. You got to be upset. You're going to be upset that you lost. What uh, what other language are you going to use? If you've already decided you're going to go and somebody asks you what's your future plans, yeah, I'm gone. Fine. I don't have any issue with anything that he said last night about leaving for the NFL draft, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. All right, let's round this out because I've got to write that Shaz Preston news. Uh, and we got to get that up on Bama Central's website as soon as possible. Let's go ahead and round this out. I'll come back tomorrow. We'll continue to talk about the Rose Bowl. I want to talk about deserve to be there or not. Alabama, Texas absolutely deserve to be there. I want to talk about the reaction from the Orange Bowl, the Georgia reaction. Ah, we won 63-3. to uh, you've got weird reaction on both sides of the fan base. The Florida State, we didn't give a bleep about this. The Georgia, we just won a national championship again aspect. Like, both sides, weird to me. Um, can't wait for the college football playoff to get rolling. Uh, but you just want to leave it with this. Congratulations to Michigan. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. Ah, it really stinks. But come on, Alabama in the playoff again. Everybody wants to trade places with the Crimson Tide. You all noticed all the backlash that you saw on social media last night from Alabama losing. Look, the dynasty is not dead until people stop celebrating the Alabama loss. You had Alabama, you had people watching last night just to see Alabama lose. The dynasty will continue until that day where it reaches the Patriots point where people don't care about the New England Patriots anymore. 
Oh, you watch Alabama to see Alabama lose. So things will continue to roll. We'll continue to talk about them here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. I'm going to sign out for the day. I'm going to go ahead and get the Shaz Preston news up on Bama Central's website. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Subscribe, rate, review the show. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. You can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well at Joe Gaither 6 and at Bama Central.